This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Pastor Corey will be continuing his series today. Check up from the neck up with the title, Stay Woke. Enjoy. If you got your scriptures, say I got it. I'm not going to be before you long. I, I just want to deposit this word and we're still in our series. Check up from the neck up. How many of y'all have been blessed by this series? That I'm believing God for a miracle in the mind. How many of you, you know, that God can't take us into a new season with an old mind? <laughs> he, I'm going to say it again. He can't take us into a new season with an old mind. And so many of times we're waiting on God to move when God is waiting on our minds to move. For our minds to be renewed and our minds to be changed. And I'm just believing God that as we get ready to enter into a new season, a new, new level, a new dispensation, a new grace, that he's getting ready to do a miracle in our mind. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, and it reads, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold good seed. Somebody say good seed. In his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds, sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted, it formed heads. Then the weeds also appeared. I want to uh, highlight verse 25. It says, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. I want to preach and teach from a subject title this morning, Stay Woke. Would you look at your neighbor and say, stay woke. Come on and bless God as you take your seats. Stay woke. (laughs) Stay woke. Family, we are continuing in this series, Check Up from the Neck Up. And we've been dealing with this issue of the mind. We, we first started off this, this sermon series uh, entitled, I've Changed My Mind, which was rooted in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which declares, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will and his good and pleasing imperfect will it's almost as if Paul is inserting that you can have a good heart uh, you're a good person but if you're going to have a good life you have to have a good mind that just because you're a good person doesn't mean that you're living a good life so we talked about the process of what it is to not be conformed and then we transitioned into training your brain 
How many of y'all remember that? He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he says, keep this book of the law on your mind and on your lips and meditate on it day and night. He tells, he tells Joshua, be strong and very courageous because sometimes you got to be strong when you don't feel strong. Sometimes you got to be courageous when you don't feel courageous. And so you got to learn how to make up in your mind before you get in certain situations, before you get in certain, certain circumstance. You have to have a made up mind before you get into it. That regardless of whatever I get into, my mind is made up. There was a songwriter who used to sing a song, my heart is fixed. My mind is made up. No room, no vacancy. I'm all filled up. That, that, that I'm sold out. And so we talked about that. And then on last week, we heard from our assistant pastor in Matthew chapter 4. She talked about what it means to fight back. That the enemy is going to engage us so we cannot be defensive all the time. But we have to be offensive. That if he's going to attack us, then we got to know what it means to attack him. Somebody say, fight back. And in Matthew 4, I, I really want to add an addendum to last week's teaching because in Paul, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, he, he instructs us not to be ignorant of the enemy devices. He says, if you're ignorant of his devices, he has an advantage over you. And whatever you're ignorant in is the area you'll suffer in. So this morning, we finna stay woke. Somebody say, stay woke. Yeah, yeah, he's getting ready to wake us up in some areas, but some of us who are already awake in these areas, he's given us a reminder this morning that we need to stay awoke. Somebody say, stay awoke. And in Matthew chapter 13, it teaches us some additional devices of the enemy. In Matthew chapter 13, in verse 23, Jesus talks about two things. He gives a parable that explains the way the word of God works in our life. He says, the word is like seed that is sown into soil. And he says, the quality or the type of soil determines whether or not the word actually produces the fruit of life. So when he explains the parable, he's, he uses this word that I, I think all of us need to understand what the Bible means when he uses this word. He basically says that the soil represents the different types of hearts. That you have a soil with rocks and the seed cannot bear fruit because of the rocks in the soil. It's what Jesus calls a stony heart. And until the stones were removed from the heart, the seed of the word couldn't bring forth fruit. This is what I want y'all to see this morning. That when the Bible says heart, it is not referring to the palpitating muscle that's beating behind our ribs. Yeah, yeah. When, 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 when God says heart in this passage in, in the Bible, he is referring, write this down to your mind, your will, your imaginations, and your affections. Teach Corey, you're doing the best you can. He refers to your mind. Somebody say mind, will, imaginations, and affections. So when Solomon says guard your heart above all else, in Proverbs, he is not talking about your physical heart. He is talking about 
our mind, our will, our imaginations, and our affections. So he's saying, be careful of what you allow to capture your mind, your will, your imagination, and your affections. Can I help somebody out this morning? So when we worry, it is the result of imagining the wrong thing. Ah. Uh, so here it is. Uh, they, they send a notice that they're, they're getting ready to lay off. And now worry produces you imagining the wrong thing. And now you're not just worried about getting laid off. Now you're worrying about how I'm going to provide money for the kids. How I'm going to put move food on the table. God, how am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to pay the rent? And they didn't even laid you off yet. Because of imagining the wrong thing. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4, whatever is good, think about that. Whatever is lovely, think about that. Whatever is of good report, think about that. He says, if there be any virtue or any praiseworthy thing, think about that. It says, then the peace of God that passes all understanding shall rule your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Because peace comes from what you think. In other words, Paul is saying, if you pray right and think wrong, you'll never have peace. Because peace doesn't just come from what you pray about, it comes from what you think about. Good God. And some of you, you got to learn and start learning how to think the right thoughts. So the soil of my heart includes my mind. And so in verse 24, he says, a man sows good seed. So when you think on something lovely, that's good seed. When you think on something praiseworthy, that's good seed. Then he says this, while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came, not paying attention, unaware, not conscious of it. He came and sowed negative seed. And that seed produced weeds. And they didn't even know that the negative seeds had been sown because they were sown while they were asleep. So one day they wake up, walked in the garden, and said, where did these weeds come from? They, they didn't realize that the weeds came from seed because whatever I see coming out of my life, it is a result of seed that's been sown somewhere. And some of us, we don't understand how this keeps on coming out of me. It's because you were asleep when it was sown in you. Mm. Somebody say, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke. And that's how the enemy works. He, he sows seeds of deception. He's a liar. So uh, the good seed is truth. The bad seeds are lies. In John 8, Jesus calls him the father of lies. How do we know when the enemy is lying? Anytime he's opening his mouth, it's a lie. <laughs> lying is his native language. There is no truth in him. The devil is a liar, but what he wants you to do is to believe that God is one too. So he sows seeds of weeds to choke out the wheat of truth. And let me show you this and we'll go home. The first area we need to stay woke in, and the area he wants to sow weeds in is the integrity of God. Ah, somebody say the integrity of God. In Matthew 4, last week, we discussed how the enemy 
tried to get Jesus to question himself. He came after his identity. He said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. In Matthew 4, he gets him to question his identity. In Genesis chapter 3, he tries to get him to question the integrity of God. I want you to see what he does with Eve. Uh, it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Now when the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, Did God really say? He said, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Y'all see that? He's causing her to question the validity of truth that's already been sown in the ground of her mind. And watch what Eve says. The woman said to the serpent, we may not eat, we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit, the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Watch this. So she's able to report what she heard, but just because you heard it don't mean you own it. Good God. I, I thought I would get a better response than that. I don't know where my, my church is at. Uh, just because you quote it don't mean that you believe it. See, you got to get to a point to where you don't just say stuff out of religious repetition, but you got to learn how to say stuff with a heart of faith that believes exactly that God will perform exactly what he's spoken over our life. Watch this, because you got to believe, because if you don't, you'll end up calling the devil, the devil a liar and end up treating God like one. Good God, I'll say it one more time. If you don't believe what is coming out of your mouth, you'll say the devil is a liar and you'll walk around treating at God like he's one. And what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to base God's identity off his activity. So the minute we see his word not moving or not operating, the enemy wants to sow seed of doubt that God is holding back and is not faithful to perform his word. But you got to make up in your mind that our God is an intentional God. Somebody say he's intentional. That in other words, when he's doing something, he's up to something. When he's doing nothing, he's still up to something. That God is an intentional God. That when he says yes, he's up to something. That when he says no, he's still up to something. That when he's speaking, he's up to something. And when he's not speaking, he's still up to something. That when he opens the door, he's up to something. And when he closes the door, he's up to something. Somebody say he's an intentional God. So I cannot base what he does off of who he is because God is a God of intentionality. That he does everything for purpose, on purpose, by purpose, and with purpose. So if God is not performing what you want right when you want it, he's still God. And I just want to know, do I got anybody here that can say, Lord, if you never do anything else for me, you already done enough. See, this is where the mature praises are. Because some of you so immature, you got to have a car every week. You got to have a new boo. You got to be married in order to praise him. But somebody say, I just thank God that he saved me. I just want to know, do I got anybody here that can get excited that thank God that God saved them. And Lord, if you do nothing else for me on this side of Calvary, you've already done enough. 
Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, that was for the mature praisers that can shout and praise God just for saving me. Watch this. Not just from the enemy, but I thank you for saving me from myself. Oh, God. See, now, 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 this is where we get real tight. This is where we get real stuck up. You ought to thank God because you can look at your exes. You can look at your exes and see that you ain't even a good decision maker. Somebody say, I thank God for saving me from me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of you can look back at exes and say, what was I thinking? Ooh, what was I doing? I don't even, that was so below me. But don't you, can't you thank God that he saved you from you? <laughs> Ooh. He's, he's, a, he's a God of intentionality. The enemy wants us to start doubting God the minute we don't see him moving. But I walk by faith and not by sight. So God, I believe you when you're moving. And I believe you even when you're not. Because if you're not moving, that means you got it for a purpose for me. Somebody say, he's intentional. <laughs> I'm almost done. I want you to notice this as well. That the enemy, he walks into a garden and has no dominion. Because we haven't experienced the fall yet. So Adam and Eve are under authority so, because they're still in authority. So because he doesn't have dominion, he can't overpower them and he can't destroy them. So the only weapon he can use when he don't have dominion is deception. Ah. Ah. Because when you don't have more authority than me, you can only ma manipulate me into me misusing mine. When you don't have authority and you don't have power, you can only manipulate me into me misusing mine. And that's exactly what the enemy was attempting to do here. He used deception. He got Eve to question the validity of God's word, and she behaved based off what she believed. Teach court. She believed the lie, so she behaved badly. Because in order to get me to destroy my life, he's got to get me to believe something that's not true. He sowed some seed. I looked at this text, and I began to think about that thing. And I began to think about that thing some more. And I began to think about that thing some more. Because I'm asking myself, what should Eve have done? And I begin to think about that thing. I begin to think about that thing some more. And I begin to think about that thing some more. Elder Porter, when I read this particular text in Genesis chapter 3, I never see Eve have a conversation with God. That when I read this narrative in Genesis chapter 3, the only person that I see her talking to is the enemy. No wonder why she was so deceived. Because the only conversation she was having was with the enemy. Somebody say, cut the conversation. 
Some of you, you got unhealthy, you got an unhealthy conversation with the enemy. He's talking to you and you talking too much back. But every now and then you gotta learn to say, shut up. <laughs> you got to learn to say, I'm not listening. I you got to learn to say, just because it gets my attention doesn't mean that it deserves my time. Somebody shout yes. The Bible says, <laughs> teach Pastor Corey, you're doing the best you can. <laughs> the Bible says not to give place to the enemy. Watch this. That means if you're trying to close the door, don't leave enough room that allows him to get his foot in there. In the door of your mind, he's saying, don't give place to the enemy. Don't allow him to get a foot in there. Watch this, because footholds turn into strongholds. I, I thought I would get a better response to that, so I'm gonna say it again. Because footholds turn into strongholds. See, if you ever grew up with siblings like me, we used to, rest, we used to play, fight and everything, and then we would uh, try to shut the door. And if my brother got his foot in there, He would keep his foot right there and it was no, no matter how hard I tried to shut the door, his foot would not allow me to close the door. And what my brother did is was, since he was older than me and stronger than me, all he did was wear me out. See, this is why it's important to keep the door of your mind closed sometimes because when the enemy gets a foot, it's a wrap. It's only a matter before he takes the room. And so you got to learn how to stop playing with the enemy. And some of you, the door of your mind is always open. How can I tell? I can tell by the conversations you have. I can tell, I can tell by the TV shows you watch. I can tell by the many things that you entertain. I can tell by your activity and your response to things. Response to things. But you got to learn how to close your, the door of your mind every now and then and say, you know what? For this week, I'm going to turn it off K104 and I'm going to put on some worship music. No, 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 y'all didn't see, I, I came for y'all. Sometimes you gotta say, you know what? I'm not watching Power this week. Ghost and Angela can wait till next week. I'm gonna put my mind and my faith before God because I refuse to have a door open all the time over my mind. It's hard to overcome an enemy you always sleeping with. It's hard to have power over enemy you always shacking with. <laughs> I knew it was going to get tight up in here, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. You can't come in here and get relief and leave out here with no mind renewal. You got to learn how to make up in my mind. I'm not just going to experience the presence here, but I'm going to take the presence home with me. <laughs> Somebody say, take the presence home. Take the presence home. Got to learn how to close the door of your mind. And this is not legalism. This is not me telling you what's wrong or what's right. I'm telling you that you ought to be led by the Spirit. How to come to a point to where God says, mm -mm. no, you, you have enough of that for the week. I'm going to turn that off. 
Because my spirit, my future is depending on a renewed mind. And I can't go into a new season that God is trying to take me to with an old mind. Can I say this prophetically? The devotion and prayer life you had for the season God has you in, what you used to have, the prayer life, it won't work in this season. Mm. God says what you did in the past, it won't work for now. That what he's calling you to now is going to require a different level of devotion. It's going to require a different level of prayer. It's going to require a different level of worship. Somebody shout yes. Yes. Is is this helping anybody? The the second thing I want you to see in Genesis chapter 3 is the second area that that we got to stay woke in. And it's the area of our influences. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try to make it past this point and then we'll go home. Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for, her, for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. Y'all see that? In verse number 6. Um, my question to you is, who ate the fruit? Adam. Okay. Where did Adam get the fruit from? She gave it to him, right? So my question is, what have you been eating that has been passed down to you? And where did they get it from? Watch this. Because Adam ate something that came from hands he trusted. He ate the fruit of deception that was passed to him by somebody that loved him. So I wonder what's been passed down to you that you've eaten because it came from Eve. What have you assumed it was right because it was passed by, passed by to you from somebody who loved you? And can I tell you this? Just because they have a good heart doesn't mean they have a right one. Good God. I'll say it one more time since you said it. Just because they have a good heart, it doesn't mean that they have a right one. Eve was well-intentioned, but she was deceived. And sometimes people pass ideologies, philosophies about life, about work and relationships, and we internalize it and think it's right because the person who gave it to us was good. They, They say stuff like, girl... If that was my man, y'all, y'all don't get quiet on me now. Girl, if, here's what they say. If I was you. Girl, if that was my boss. Isn't it funny how some people with the most advice have the less reality of the wisdom that they're trying to offer in their own life? Wait a minute, you trying to tell me how to manage my money, but you were asking me for $2 the other day. <laughs> right, you trying to tell... <laughs> you got kid folk in there, let me put you on game. What? Wait a minute. You losing your own game. 
quite, it, and the score ain't even close. It's 100 to 2. You losing. <laughs> uh, and is it funny how the same people that want to offer you an abundance of vice would never take the advice you got to offer? I thought I was going to get a better shot right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, and here it is. When statements like this are made, they're often not taken into account the grace or word that might be on somebody else's life. So you can't tell me what you would do and how you would respond to my wife because God has given me a grace for my wife. You're not taking into account the grace or the word that might be on somebody else's life. Can I tell you, this is what happened when Moses uh, was getting ready to uh, exit out of Egypt. And God, as they approached the Red Sea, he, he said, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, Moses, what is in your hand? He said, a staff, Lord. He said, use what's in your hand. Moses lifted up his, his staff. The Red Sea parted. The children of Israel went over, not just on muddy ground. They went over on dry ground and they crossed over. Pharaoh looked at Moses and made a mistake. He said, if, if he can do it, I can do it too. The Bible says that Pharaoh tries to go behind Moses. And when Moses walked through, Pharaoh drowned in because he did not have Moses' word or Moses' grace. And I come to tell you that is the danger of trying to walk out somebody else's grace. And many of us are drowning in things in life. You're drowning in things and purpose and assignments that God haven't given you the grace for all because you were trying to keep up with somebody else. I thought I was going to get a better shout than that. You're struggling, striving, and drowning because that was Moses' word and not Pharaoh's. He gave that grace to Moses and not Pharaoh. Somebody say, I'm grace for this. You can't look at everybody else's life and say, this is what I would do, this is what I should do. We don't know who God has given a grace, what God has given a grace for. Somebody say, I'm grace for this. You're grace for that job. You're grace for that marriage. You're grace for them children. That's why you can raise them and nobody else can't. <laughs> Lastly, has this been helping y'all? I'm done. The last area that we got to stay woke in is the area of our issues. Somebody say, issues. Verse 21 in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. I didn't read the other uh, scriptures in the text because Adam and Eve, we know through the narrative that they messed up, that they ate the fruit, they suffered the consequences, but God does something in verse 21. He makes garments of clothing from animal skin and covers them. This is a picture of God's grace in his mercy. Because here it is. The enemy wants you to think that your mistakes and issues are final. He wants you to start to define yourself by what you did instead of who God is calling you to be. He wants you to walk in shame and guilt. Shame says, I made a mistake. But guilt says, I am a mistake. And if you don't stay woke you'll find yourself walking around in labels that God, didn't, that God never put on you. 
I love it, watch this, because he covered them before anybody else can put something on them. It was almost saying it, it was almost if God was saying this before anybody else tries to label you, before anybody else trying to define you, guess what, you're still mine. You still have a purpose. You still have an assignment. You're still mine. You still have something to do. Somebody say he covered them. Manufacturers, before they send out the product, they must label the product. And only the manufacturer has labeling rights. And by God covering them, he was putting his right on them. And some of you this morning, you're worrying around labels your creator didn't put on you. I could tell by, by how you worship. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing labels that God didn't put on you. And the enemy put them on you while you were sleeping. Not aware. As a child, after that relationship didn't go right. So now you don't see yourself the way the master sees you. But I come to tell you, it's time to remove the label. We're standing all over the house. Somebody say it's time to remove the label. Somebody shout, stay woke. Many of you, some of you, the enemy put labels on you. He's been trying to define you by your past. He's been trying to define you by your mistake. But today, we make an exchange of labels that I'm not what I did. I am who he says I am. That, that a bad day don't mean a bad life. A bad moment don't mean a bad me. <laughs> I'll say one more time, a bad moment don't mean a bad me. That this is what I did, but this is not who I am. That was the difference between Judas and Peter. Judas had, or Peter had a bad day when he denied Christ, but Judas had a bad life. But what he failed to realize, that even Jesus would save him too. Because he didn't have to hang himself because Jesus was going to hang on the cross for him too. We come, my assignment this morning was to give you instruction and to reaffirm what some may already know, to stay woke. When you're walking through rough seasons, the first thing we want, the enemy wants us to do is to question God. But you got to believe God. You got to trust God even when you can't trace him. Yeah. He wants you to question the integrity of God. He wants you to try to define yourself by your issues. And he wants you to not evaluate the influences that you have in your life. Can I tell you that good preaching won't outproduce the circle that you're in? 
teach Pastor Corey. Because as soon as, soon as you get around them same individuals in that same environment, here you go again. And it's no matter me preaching and sweating my shirt out and slinging oil on your head, that's going to save you because you've already made up in your mind, I'm going back. That a good heart don't mean it's a right one. I prophesy and pray over your life that God will give you right connections in this season. That God will pe put people in your life, watch this, that's going to help you, not just get you to the next place that he's calling you to, but he's getting ready to put people in your life that's going to help you become who you need to be in his assignment. Woof! I feel a block spirit that if you ain't helping my assignment, if you ain't helping me develop my purpose, listen, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to disconnect you. I'm going to limit my access to you. I'm going to limit my time I give to you. So that determines, that determines not only who you talk to, that determines how long you talk to them. Because you can't go out cutting off everybody. There are some people you can still have relationship with, relationship with because they family. But you got to have a 10-minute marker and say, you know what, once 10 minutes hits, uh, I'm sorry, my mama calling me. I'm not telling you to lie, but I'm just saying, please. This, okay, that determines not only how long you talk to them, but it determines when you talk to somebody. There's some conversations you can't have on a Monday. I already got enough stress, enough stuff to get ready for my week. You know what, you too negative for me to talk to Monday. I'll talk to you on Friday because I'll feel better about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not finna ruin my week. You're not finna stress me out. <laughs> your influences. But also your issues. Your issues are not final. They're formative. They help you become who you are. They don't define who you are. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. With your hand lifted close eyes, bow heads. That is the Lord spoke to you today and I say, Pastor, that was me. I've been wearing around labels. I've allowed the breakup, the divorce, the hurt of what they did to define me. I just want you to lift your hands, stretch your hands. If that is you, that's you, that's you. Stretch those hands. As a matter of fact, do something for me. If, that, if this word was just for you, I want you to lift your hands. If it wasn't, just keep your hands down. I just want to know who I need to pray for. Yes, God. Yes, God. Father, lift those hands up. Lift those hands up. Lift those hands up. We come against every label that has been placed on your people that is not you. Father, if it didn't come from you, we remove it even now. And we don't pray for just removal, we pray for replacement. That you take what's been on them off of them and you put on them what you, what you mean, God. I pray, Lord, that, that they are the head and not the tail. I pray that they remind themselves they are the lender and not the borrower. Father, I pray, God, that they will see themselves 
the way you see them. Some of them have gone through rough season and it's been hard not to define themselves by what they've been through. But Father, they are not defined by what they've been through. They are defined by who they go to. And so Father, we run to you and we surrender to you. We surrender our mind. And Father, we pray for a spiritual, supernatural awareness in the the area of the integrity of God, in our influences, God, that you'll give us and give us a spirit of discernment to show us who is for us and who is not for us. God, that you will send us the right people to help us to become who you called us to be in the places that you called us to go. Father, we thank you and we replace even now in the supernatural every label that doesn't belong, every label of that I'm depressed, every the label that I am a mistake, every label that I'm just going to be like this. But Father, we plead the blood right now and just as you've covered Adam and Eve, God, we place back on them everything that you desire for them. Everything. Oh, God, some of them have had bad starts. Some of them have had bad moments, but it does not mean a bad life. Father, I pray, God, that you show them that there is yet purpose of, there is yet life of, there is yet things that you have called them to do, places that you've called them to be, things that you've called them to accomplish in the name of Jesus. And Father, we'll forever give you the praise. And Father, we'll forever worship your name. And we thank you in advance that it's already done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout amen. Come on, make some noise all over this house. Come on, make some noise all over this house. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Gospels Podcast. If you would like to partner with us and give on today, you can give via cash app, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.